Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose, and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted a ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard your host Ryan Gable and you are listening to the secret teachings 
radio broadcast right here on The Fringe FM. TheFringe.fm is the network website. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. And to contact the show, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Just open up your email, type in rdgable at yahoo.com and shoot us over an email with questions, comments, whatever you'd like to share with us, rdgable at yahoo.com. I really want to start pushing that and read some more listener comments on the show. A week ago tonight, we did a show that I got a number of listener comments on. It was called, It Came from the Locas. And what the show was about was that it, something, came from, well, the Locas. Now you might ask, what are the Locas? I've never heard of the Locas before. Well, if you just look up the word loca, you could look it up in the Encyclopedia Britannica. It's a Sanskrit word, and it means world. So the loka is a world, but it's not a world like we're used to thinking about the world. It's essentially another plane of existence in the cosmography of Hinduism, the universe, or any particular division of the universe. The most common division of the universe is the tri-loka, or the three worlds, the heaven, the earth, the atmosphere. This is the same kind of trinity-like concept that you'll find in other major world religions, though we know that when we talk to Jordan Maxwell about these types of things, he always references that Christianity finds its roots, not necessarily where you would think, it finds its roots in India. And if you look at India, India is much further southeast of places like Iraq and Iran. Obviously, it borders Pakistan and Nepal. So it's closer towards China. And I'm only telling you the geography of it because we typically think that Iraq, that particular location, ancient Babylon, that's where all world religions spawn from. But it's interesting if you read the works of people like She's now passed away. If you read the works of people like Acharya S., really great author, she also talks about the Indian connection. Of course, Krishna, Christos, Christ, Krishna had a very similar upbringing to Jesus in relationship to carpentry and his father and a number of other elements. So India really is one of the primary foundations historically for many of the mythologies and many of the theologies that we subscribe to and that we talk about and we believe in today, ancient India. And one of the concepts in the cosmography of Hinduism is this word loka, which just means another plane of existence. And last Thursday on the show, I had a listener email me, a couple listeners, but one in particular named Nick, He goes by Repulse. Nick messaged me and said, just a quick one to say how interesting it was listening to your show discussing the possibility of the ethereal nature of some UFOs. This is hundreds of miles ahead of those shows that feature the same old rubbish or mentally, he said mental, but maybe you meant mental, mentally ill, I think, 
You meant to say mentally ill people. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Nick. I appreciate that. And that's what I hoped that last night's, or last week's rather, show was was really you know all about. It was doing a UFO show in a different way because we're coming up on the anniversary of Roswell. And last week we talked about the U.S. Air Force UFO project called 1794. You can look this up in the National Archives. To me, it's kind of like a fluff propaganda piece, but it's about this flying saucer that the Air Force developed called Project 1794. But if you scramble 1794, you get 1947, the year of Roswell. Now, on the show last week, we talked a little bit about the locas and what the locas are. Again, it means world or plane or some other some other dimensional uh, location. And we looked over this memorandum that was published on July 8th of 1947, essentially the day of Roswell. You can't really say Roswell was a specific day because it was over a period of time. There were multiple crashes. One, in fact, was near Corona, New Mexico, interestingly enough, but there were multiple so-called crashes. And we talked about all that last week, so I don't want to go into the details of that again. But the memorandum that we discussed talks about how these beings, they look like us, but they're much taller. And this is not part of the Roswell story. This memorandum is separate. But it gives nine points about what these creatures are. And it's not like, hey, we found a flying disc and then... Actually, we didn't find a flying disc. This was classified information. It's been declassified. This is one of those stories that it doesn't get a lot of public attention because there aren't UFO enthusiasts, there aren't UFO researchers, there aren't radio shows that are talking about it, which is why I've brought this on the show because I think it's important and I think it provides us, as Nick was referring to, it provides us with... uh, a different form of information, not the same old rubbish. I'm not saying that, you know, UFO history and even some mythology is rubbish. I'm just, I'm tired of hearing the same thing over and over again. Especially those of us who have, you know, done this for more than a couple of weeks and and we get tired of hearing the same story. We want to hear something different. And not just different, but something important. Something that that is powerful. And this document is pretty powerful because it talks about that these beings, they come in disks and they don't come from another world as we would define the world. They come from not the astral plane, it says, but the locus or another location, the talus. Students of esoteric matter matters will understand these terms. If you know what the locus are, I've just given you the definition You'll understand that these beings are coming from somewhere else and they are not of this world, not just Earth. They are not of this world in the sense of our dimension, our perception, our dimensional plane of existence. So if you understand that, it really opens up the discussion about UFOs and aliens in a whole new way. And I was I was thinking about this before tonight's show. How am I going to start the show tonight? And I thought about this article I read last night. I'll just kind of, kind of give you a little bit of a background on the story. I'm laying in bed, and I was about 
ready to just go to sleep. And I thought, you know what? I should probably check to make sure everything is uh, everything is good to go for the show tonight. So I uh, I checked it and I I came across the Facebook page and I happened to see Clyde Lewis his show promo. It's like nine forty five. His show promo was promo was put up and he was having Avi Loeb on again. And I think his show was called something like um, Event Horizon, playing on you know Event Horizon uh, of a black hole. And he was going to talk about space and I I just thought, you know what, I don't know why, but I want to I want to search UFO and I want to click news and see what comes up. So I searched UFO, I clicked news, and this Politico article popped up. So I, I read it and then I sent it over to Clyde and he had me email it to him and he went over this and within a few minutes, I'm not sure how much he scrambled, but he started his show with this article last night because it was so important and it was not a story, although it's a it's a top story if you search for UFO online, it's not a story that's receiving much attention at all because it's not about racial division, it's not about sexual division, it's not about gender or identity, it's not about COVID-19 and how horrible the president is. But this is a really powerful and important story for a number of different reasons. So Clyde talked about it last night on the show, and I thought, we should probably discuss it tonight here on The Secret Teachings because we like to do subjects like this that don't get a lot of attention. And even today, after having been published for more than 12 hours, this story still has virtually no press. There was an article from The Drive. There's an article, I think, from CBS. And then Politico is the other big article. Of course, Politico also published back in April of last year the U.S. Navy Guidelines for Reporting UFOs. And this is where, if you paid attention to the article, if you actually read it, it talks about how the Navy is updating and formalizing the process by which they report suspected incursions, inspect, uh, suspected incursions, suspected incursions, and how these Reports can be made to the cognizant authorities. There's the word, though, incursion. What is an incursion? Well, if you define the term, the word incursion literally translates as an invasion or attack, especially a sudden or brief one. So they're using the word incursion. They're talking about how military personnel have been attacked by these aerial unidentified aircraft, these unidentified or unexplained aerial phenomena. So that's the word that they use. Now, this new political article, I'll tell you what it's about here. It says, senators want the public to see the government's UFO reports. So as I'm, I'm thinking last night into today about this particular story and wondering why Kind of. I mean, I, I know why, but I'm wondering why this isn't receiving any attention at all. And it just makes me think, like, I did a big show last week. I mentioned the name of it. It was called It Came From the Locas. We did a show that was covering everything from the history of the atomic bomb 
to the Hindu mythology, to the Lokas, to declassified documents, where we laid everything about Roswell, because the anniversary is coming up, everything out on the table, and we reviewed the parallel history of Roswell in a very unique way. Obviously, many of you enjoyed that and appreciated it, but because it's not... Even though Roswell and and the belief as it is in what happened at Roswell back in the 40s, although this is a a, a kind of an alternative view of history because the mainstream still laughs and says it was a mogul weather balloon, so many people in the UFO community, so many people within the fringe, not the network per se, but the fringe community just can't comprehend that their history is not any more accurate or definitive than the mainline narrative that you'd hear on CNN or Fox News. And specifically what I mean by that is I can sit here with declassified documents, read them, I can send you links to them, and I can be open to the possibility that some of this stuff is potentially intended to discredit, intended as a red herring. And the response that you get generally from the UFO community is we don't want to talk about that because you don't tow the main line, which is kind of alternative, but in its own right, it's a main line UFO conspiracy Roswell history, you know? And that's that's a problem. If you're really interested in the quote-unquote truth That's a problem. It's a big problem. So no one is telling you in the UFO community, be aware, be interested in this report from Politico about senators wanting the public to see government UFO reports. That's the headline. The Senate Intelligence Committee says this issue has lacked attention from senior leaders. Now, what that means beyond the headline we'll talk about And it doesn't necessarily have to mean anything, but the point is, the fact is, this has been out for over 24 hours, and there has been hardly any media attention, even in alternative media. With the exception of me sending this over to my colleague and friend Clyde last night and him talking about it at the beginning of his show on Ground Zero I don't think many radio shows have talked about this, and there's hardly any attention about this in the media. Why is that? Has it just not broken yet? I mean, we were talking about COVID-19 in December here on The Secret Teachings. It didn't become a big thing until, like, February. So maybe this just needs a couple more days. But the point is, when there's a big story like New York Times a couple of years ago, when they talked about the programs that they ran to investigate UFOs, or the Pentagon was involved, unidentified aerial phenomena. Remember, they uh, they published this, and it became a national news story. Oh, the Pentagon studied UFOs, and they spent tens of millions of dollars on it. It was like, everybody knows that. But then you get stories like this that, well, not everybody knows it. And you get memorandums like the one dated July 8th, 1947, that talks about disks, human-like beings that are much larger, 
and how they came from the Lokas, or they came from other dimensions, other worlds. See, you go to like a UFO conference, or you watch a UFO show, they're, they're not talking about this kind of thing. The first time I had seen this referenced was by Leo Zagami, who we've had on the show many times. Leo Zagami talked about this memorandum in his book, Invisible Masters, which is a really great book if you, you got a chance to uh, read want to pick up something that's really interesting, Invisible Masters. I don't make money by saying that Leo's just a friend. It's a really great book, and he talks about this memorandum in it. It's just not the standard UFO line. You have to understand that in the UFO community, in the fringe community, there is a mainline narrative to tow. And if you don't tow it, people get uncomfortable. People don't want to associate with you. People don't want to come on your show. They might like your show, but they don't want to come on their on your show because... You are saying things that could be interpreted as, well, an incursion, an invasion, or an attack. So, U.S. senators are saying that they want the public to be made aware, and they want senior leaders in government to make the public aware of UFO reports. This is the Senate Intelligence Committee. The Senate Intelligence Committee has now voted, this is as of last night, to require U.S. intelligence agencies and Defense Department to compile a detailed public analysis of all data collected on unidentified aerial phenomenon, including intrusions, they use the word intrusion, not incursion, intrusions, defined as the action of intruding, something that intrudes, the process of forcing intrusions recorded by Navy pilots in recent years. So this is still a part of the naval stories. It's still a part of the Nimmons story. It's still a part of the Tic Tac story, but it's not receiving much attention. The provision contained in the annual intelligence authorization bill, which still needs to be adopted by the full Senate, sets up an annually public debate on Capitol Hill about how extensively the government has been tracking high-performance aircraft of unknown origin, or UFOs. Now, the word usage is obviously important because they use the word intrusion. The Navy had used the word incursion, two different words with different meanings. And, of course, the Senate Intelligence Committee wants data collected on unidentified aerial phenomenon to be shared, which perhaps by definition may be different if they reclassify things. It may be different than other reported cases of incursions or intrusions. In in other words, if you separate, let's say, the credible unknown classifications and identifications of craft and objects from things that might be explainable and you label one UFO and you label the other UAP and the Senate Intelligence Committee says we want the data on UAPs well they're not asking for UFOs you see what I'm saying so this can still be highly, highly misleading, and it likely is misleading, but what they're actually saying is that they want some form of micro, some form of soft, I would call it micro or soft, 
let's use the word that everyone is usually uh, excited about. They love saying disclosure. That's what it is. But is it disclosure of legitimate UFO, UAP tracking and investigation? Or is it disclosure of, by revelation of the method, if you will, in a sense, a fake story that will be used for any number of things, perhaps as some speculate, used for that fake alien invasion. I don't think that's how it's going to go down. I don't think you're going to wake up tomorrow and there's a giant UFO over the White House. I think that the fake alien invasion, if that's something that does actually occur in any capacity, it'll happen in a way that you never suspected. Just like globalization. Did anybody suspect a pandemic to bring the world together? I mean, if someone would have sat down and said, hey, this could be used to do this, it would make sense. But I don't think anybody really predicted that, per se. I think the UFO phenomenon is something that needs to be discussed in more detail. And it needs to be discussed meticulously and surgically with a dictionary so we can understand what's being said, what's being implied, and what's missing from the conversation. Senators want the public to see the government's UFO reports The issue has lacked attention from senior leaders, the Senate Intelligence Committee says. We'll talk about that when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, 
the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert Shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. The truth is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. This is Ryan Gable of the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, where we expose frauds, say the uncomfortable, and discover patterns. And you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Understand the procedure now? Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. All we need to do is sit back and watch. folks this is jordan maxwell my website is jordanmaxwellshow.com and you're listening to the secret teachings excellent shows keep listening with your host ryan gable I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. You know, for something to attract the attention of the public, it has to typically go viral, or it has to be shared by some very large media entity or outlet. Like when 
the Pentagon announced that they had studied UFOs, but they don't really call them UFOs. They call them UAPs. And that there had been incursions, which is defined as an invasion, on military vessels dating back to the early days, the early years of the 21st century. And there had been multiple incursions defined by the word invasion, multiple invasions of military space recently in the last 20 years. And, and you imagine that this is still going on today, but the story about the, the Nimitz and the story about the Tic Tacs, that has really captured the public's attention and it's captured the attention of producers who have made documentaries and incorporated it into TV shows. And that's like the new Roswell in a way. And so that's what we focus our attention on. And when anyone says, wait a minute, there's more to Roswell than what we think, there are a handful of people who say, well, let me hear that. But the mob of UFO researchers, if you can call them that, the people that follow ufology, if you can call it that, there are some really great researchers and really great people in the ufology community. But it has, like anything else, become and has been for some time kind of like a cult. Now, that's not me demeaning people in ufology, I guess I would consider myself in ufology too. But what I'm saying is having an open mind allows us to look beyond the dogma of ufology, the dogma of fringe science, of fringe perceptions. It allows us to look beyond the dogma of beliefs in aliens. I'm sitting here in my studio and I look up in front of me when I moved into this new studio in my walk-in closet when I moved recently, I decided to put my X-Files poster right in the middle of the desk. It says, I want to believe. And I think that that is, although it's a cultural slogan and icon from the X-Files show in the 90s, but it's also kind of the, the dogma of modern euphonauts. Ufologists, I want to believe. Now, obviously, that has a different meaning when you watch the show because it implies I, I want to believe in this because it has meaning. You know, Fo Fox Mulder's sister who went missing, but I want to believe is kind of um, a little bit different for modern ufology. It's more like I do believe. And it's based on belief rather than anything else. Now, again, I'm not demeaning ufology. I'm simply saying it's, it's a cult. I'm in that cult in a lot of ways, but I don't subscribe to it. The only time that people who are interested in UFOs and aliens get together and agree is when it's an ideology, and it's a dogma. It's kind of like, well, everybody knows about Roswell, and we really want to hear the Roswell story again. Tell us again, like, like a kid who watches, you know, well, they don't have, they don't use VHSs anymore, but like when I was a kid, I watched Independence Day on VHS so many times that I think it burned up the tape. But like a kid that listens to the same song over and over and over and over again, as a parent, you're just kind of losing it, right? My son hasn't gotten there yet, but I know a lot of parents, you know, you, you play the same song over and over, the same show over and over. 
That's what Roswell is. It's like a bunch of kids who just want to listen to the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And it gets really, really annoying because, hey, there's a lot more. There are other things. Now, that's not me criticizing. If you like the Roswell story, you know, fine. I don't care. But what I'm saying is there's more to it. We talked about that last Thursday on the show, which was called It Came from the Locas. We talked about a 1947 memorandum dealing with flying disks and talking about how this wasn't a weather balloon and this wasn't Roswell. These were beings that government officials have known about that are larger than us, but they look like us and they come from other dimensions. They don't say dimensions, they say they don't come from the astral plane, but they come from a region that corresponds to the locus. And the document, the memorandum from July 8, 1947 says, students of the esoteric matters will understand what these terms mean. Loka, if you look it up, is a Sanskrit word. It means world. It's a, They come from a different world, not a physical world in our dimension, but a another dimension, another world. So our attention has always been focused on a singular event in Roswell, a singular event in Kecksburg, let's say. But even in ufology, I mentioned this last Thursday too, probably the most well-documented UFO sighting ever seen by more people than any other sighting was the Phoenix Lights. And with the exception of a few people, in, in, including um, Dr. Lynn Katai, who wrote the uh, Phoenix Lights book, I, I met her at Contact in the Desert last year, uh, canceled that this year, which was kind of disappointing. But when you look at her information, I mean, she had been documenting the UFOs in Phoenix for, I think it was like months before the major sighting in the late 90s. But other than that, has anybody heard of the Phoenix Lights? You know, it's not a question of intelligence or memory. It's a question of why is Roswell like it's the dogma of ufology? I'm not attacking ufology. Hell, when I was young and, and incredibly naive, like I'm, I don't know, 12 years old, 10 years old, I'm looking on on the computer. I'm not, I'm not typing in, you know, boobs. <laughs> I'm not typing in, you know, naked women. I probably did. I think I did that a couple times, but... I remember just typing in like Area 51, aliens, trying to, thinking that like something that popped up, it was like, ooh, that's secret information. I want to print that. I want to get a copy of that. Not having any idea, but I was interested in that. So I, I love the subject. But people interpret criticism as an attack. And if you interpret it as an attack, you're probably not too comfortable in what you think is being attacked, in your belief which takes us to that X-Files poster, I want to believe, except people don't want to believe. They do believe in any question of belief or suggestion that the belief might have more to it is seen as an incursion. It's seen as an attack. It's seen as an invasion on their dogma. And that's disappointing because there are a lot of incredible things in history, in mythology, and in ufology that can really reshape your worldview, especially when you have senators now, the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee, saying that the issue of UFOs, it's lacked attention from senior leaders, and they want the public to see the government's UFO reports. 
However, I can't help but question whether or not this is another part of the Nimitz tic-tac object story. I mean, it is, but I'm saying the, the, the story that's been told to the public just suspiciously has a smell to it. Uh, I'm not saying that the, the, the naval pilots, I'm not saying that the, the members of the military or the people that have followed this story, journalists, are, are in the wrong. I have no idea. I mean, for all we know, those naval pilots were used as test subjects in an experiment that the Navy probably didn't even know about of some exotic aircraft that was developed by human engineers. You know, and then I love that. I love that the extension of the I want to believe when you say, well, I think some of these craft were probably developed by human engineers and black projects. And they're like, well, yeah, but the aliens gave them the technology. Maybe, but what is that based on? Well, Roswell, <laughs> and it always goes back to Roswell. You know, they, they, had, they had this metal that bent, and then when you bent it, it would bend back to its normal shape. And, you know, I mean, are they, are they building UFOs out of, like, tinfoil? Is that what they're doing? So, anyway, my point is, Politico reported just a day or so ago that the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee wants UFO reports made public. And it needs the full approval of the U.S. Senate to go ahead, but they are requesting that the federal government, U.S. intelligence agencies, and the Defense Department compile a detailed public analysis of all data collected on unidentified aerial phenomenon. Now just think about this for a second. Let's say the Senate comes out in unison tomorrow and says the U.S. intelligence community and the Department of Defense need to reveal everything. Everything. Every detailed document, the millions of files, videos, photographs, maybe even autopsy reports. They need to reveal everything to the public now. Well, maybe it's simply a couple of senators who want to get to the bottom of the UFO question. President Trump was asked about this again recently. Maybe there's something more psychological to this, and I can't help but think it's more psychological. In fact, I don't disbelieve those naval pilots. I don't disbelieve the naval commanders, the military, per se. I don't disbelieve the stories of what happened back in 2004. I, I disbelieve that suddenly this information has become so important to the mainstream media and entertainment industry that they've covered it time after time again and that they've started to make shows about this. What was that show called? Like Unidentified? I watched that at Contact last year in the hotel. And uh, it was interesting, but you know, Tom DeLong's on it, and it's like, why is Tom DeLong there? Well, he, you know, Blink 182, and he's, 
you know, he's he's interested in UFOs. He's trying to get to the bottom of it. I, I don't know. Tom DeLonge just seems like there's something off there. You know, I went to the, as a side note, I went to the, I went to the David... I went to the David Wilcock presentation last year with my friend, Teresa. And I'm sitting there, and I remember Wilcock. I guess we kind of agree on this topic, but I remember Wilcock saying something about Tom DeLong and To the Stars, and he said, like, this Tom DeLong guy, you know, he's uh, it's a little bit weird. If you look at this picture here, and he shows Tom DeLong on stage, and there's, like, an amplifier behind him, and he's and Wilcox like if you look real close you can see a masonic symbol. <laughs> he's like this is this Tom DeLong guy. He's a mason. That was that was the presentation. There were like a thousand people there. If anybody listening was there, I'd like to hear from you. Please email me if you re- if you remember that, or if Wilcox done that or said that on another presentation. But he did that. And it's like, this is really amateurish. And then I went over and I was listening to, you know, my friend Clyde Lewis. He did a presentation which was just phenomenal, superb. The only person that does arguably a better presentation is is, is Graham Hancock. Freddie Silver was pretty good too. But Clyde really put some stuff together that was really interesting. And it's like Wilcox over here saying, look, Tom DeLong's got Masonic symbols. And then Clyde's explaining... I'm not going to get into the comparison thing. I just thought it was interesting. But I also feel that there's something wrong with Tom DeLong. There's something odd. Why is he the spokesperson? I just don't buy it. I just don't buy it. You know, there's a long history within government and entertainment, you know, not just in, in music, but obviously in, in all parts of Hollywood and movies and television dealing with strange phenomenon, occult subjects, which is huge in science and the underground sciences and technologies and national laboratories. People like Jack Parsons and Aleister Crowley. There's a huge, huge history there. I'll probably get to that in the second hour tonight, but I want to go through what the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee is, is, is requesting They're requesting that the government releases UFO reports. And my point this segment has been, I find it suspicious. But I also find it suspicious that this story is not receiving a lot of media attention, although it's been out for about two days now. That the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee has now voted to require and they need full Senate approval, but the U.S. intelligence agencies, so U.S. intelligence agencies, there are a lot of intelligence agencies, to require those intelligence agencies and the Department of Defense to compile a detailed, no definition of that, public analysis of all data collected on unidentified aerial phenomenon, including intrusions. Note that that word is different than the Navy's word incursions, which means invasion, Intrusion just means to intrude on something, but it kind of has the same. You're invading airspace. You're intruding on airspace, if you will. So intrusions recorded by Navy pilots in recent years. The provision contained in the annual intelligence authorization bill, which still needs to be adopted by the full Senate, sets up an annually public debate on Capitol Hill about how extensively the government has been tracking high-performance aircraft of unknown origin, 
or UFOs. The committee remains concerned that there is no unified comprehensive process within the federal government for collecting and analyzing intelligence on unidentified aerial phenomena despite the potential threat. So U.S. senators believe that there is a potential threat. This is the Intelligence Committee of the Senate saying that there is a potential threat. They're not denying that there's a threat. They're saying there's a potential threat. Yet it also demonstrates, because we've known throughout history there have been numerous programs and projects, usually on the black books, if you will, that have studied and analyzed and followed UFOs and whatever other identification you'd like to apply to them, UAPs, etc. So the Senate committee is saying that there's no unified comprehensive process within the federal government. Maybe there's no unified comprehensive process, but there is a comprehensive process within the federal government for collecting and analyzing intelligence on unidentified aerial phenomena. I guarantee you that. If there wasn't, there wouldn't have even been the story in the New York Times a few years ago about how the Pentagon spent, what, 20-something million dollars on their advanced aerial threat identification program. But the senators still say this is a potential threat. That is a statement from the committee in its report on the bill, which then sets policy for the intelligence community. They're saying there's not a comprehensive process. We want a comprehensive process. We want detailed intelligence analysis of these UAPs. And since there is not a detailed intelligence analysis that's at least public or unified, in their words, they're concerned because there is a potential threat. Now, how much of a potential threat That's questionable considering that this potential threat goes back to World War II, before World War II as well. But once we got up and became masters of the sky, if you will, with your ghost rockets and your Foo Fighters and your UFOs over sensitive military installations shutting down nuclear missiles, that's carried over into the early 21st century where you have incursions, if you will, that's the Navy word, or intrusions, that's what the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee says, of classified locations, sensitive operations out at sea, on land, no different than it was in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s during the Cold War. No different than it was 40, 50, 60 years ago. It's happening today. So if it's happening today, there clearly is no full understanding of what these things are, or there is some kind of unified comprehensive process in the federal government that is separate from the federal government government on a need-to-know basis in a SAP program, Special Access Program, SAP, where that information is not shared and I'd imagine would not be shared even if the president said, I want the information. They would deny, 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 deny. 
Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the president does get that briefing, but I find that hard to believe. I think the president is on a need-to-know basis. I'd be surprised if the defense secretary even had a full briefing on this. That's my opinion. I don't know. I feel like anybody with full knowledge of this, it's not someone you can look up. It's not someone who's appointed by the president, not someone who's elected to the Senate. These are generational people, probably, perhaps even bloodline families, people that work. I mean, who, who knows? These are just guesses and speculation, but I doubt that the president could even get access to this. But the Senate is requesting this information. They're saying there's a potential threat. So the committee understands that the relevant intelligence may be sensitive. Nevertheless, the committee finds that the information sharing and coordination across the intelligence community has been inconsistent And this issue has lacked attention from senior leaders, according to the Intelligence Committee. The unclassified analysis, which can include a classified annex, is to be completed by the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense within 180 days of passage. There'll be some tactic, some way to maneuver slyly around these requirements, even if this is all in all with good intention, completely benevolent and sincere, there'll be a way to move around it. Like, we only have four papers that we've ever put together on UFOs. You know? Well, they don't call them UFOs. They call them UAPs. You know, we only have four papers on UAPs. You know, you really expect to get anything. I mean, if these people are operating within government outside of typical channels, within or without the intelligence community, well, they have no... There's no jurisdiction, so they're operating outside of the federal government. They're kind of like a private little entity. Senators on the panel of the U.S. Intelligence Committee were first briefed a year ago about reports from naval uh, aviators and other personnel about a series of incidents in recent years involving unidentified aircraft stalking. Remember, that's another word that came up. Stalking Navy aircraft carriers off the west and east coasts, including a trio of videos that were recently made public. The congressional briefings were sparked by revelations in late 2017 that the Pentagon had been investigating the sightings and interviewing pilots for a number of years and had recently issued new guidelines to sailors on how to report such incidents. Here's something that's interesting to me. For years, the public, the military, we've seen through declassified documents, journalists and others, and I'm sure the Soviets felt this way, that many of these unidentified objects, and, and, and obviously European allies during the war, and even the Axis, felt that these objects, and especially during the Cold War, these objects were from an enemy. The Americans believed that they were German. The Germans probably believed that they were American or that they were Russian. And both sides probably had very little understanding of what these things were. That is, of course, to say that they they weren't at the time. Some of them probably were unspecified, unknown, but others maybe were identified as some form of exotic weapons, some type of test, misidentification. However, all sides were probably concerned and thought this is a spy craft. You know, this is something that's intruding on our airspace. We don't know what it is. It's highly advanced. For that to proceed beyond the war, beyond the Cold War, into the 21st century, 
is a little bit odd, don't you think, that the same exact thing happening in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and on until the end of the Cold War and the fall of the the Soviet Union, it continues today. Are these still the same exotic aircraft? You'd imagine that at some point these aircraft would... Maybe ch- they would be changed if they were developed by humans. Like, are they testing the same thing? Are they using the same thing for almost, what, 50, 60, 70 years? Is it the same kind of craft? To me, that kind of implies that these things are maybe from the locus, if you will, because they don't seem human. They seem like they are here to observe, and they are observing human activity, particularly after the detonation of atomic weapons. Just something to think about. Senators want the public to see the government's UFO reports, and they say that there's no consistent reporting on this sensitive information despite its potential threat. So the U.S. Senate, or at least part of it, believes that these things pose a threat even today in 2020. Pretty fascinating. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. This is The Secret Teachings. Hey, go to our website. Check it out, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you enjoy this show, you get something out of it. I try to provide you very unique content every single night of the week. And when you want to support a show like this, I try to make it as easy as possible. You go to the website. You can purchase a book. My book, The Technological Elixir, has a lot of this UFO subject matter in it. PDF or soft cover, but you get a free copy of a book when you subscribe to the archive. We're also going to be doing a giveaway of all three of my books, a one-year subscription, and a pocket constitution for the 4th of July. All you have to do is donate as part of a raffle $4, 4 U.S. dollars, through rdgable at yahoo.com on PayPal or just hit the donate button on the website. It's $4. The winner will get a pocket constitution, all three of my books, and a one-year subscription. Just something small we're going to do for the 4th of July. And, of course, we'll have a big show on that next week. Don't go anywhere. More of the secret teachings after break. Stay with us. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, 
and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week, it's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings, and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. This is Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry, check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm, call the station at 501-777-5631, or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. This is Ryan Gable of the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast, where we expose frauds, say the uncomfortable, and discover patterns. And you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where the past, present, and future all coexist on the same timeline. A reminder that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Where our phones are the first things that we touch when we wake up, the last thing we touch before falling asleep. Radiant, seductive screens we so lovingly endlessly gaze upon. Much like you're doing right now. Welcome to a future where our true reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Hey guys, it's Giorgio Tsoukalos from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. 
Hey, this is Charlie Robinson, the Octopus of Global Control author, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. host Ryan Gable and this is the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM. You know, sometimes people interpret this show as being like anti-fringe subjects or anti-UFOs. Listen, just because I criticize something or question something doesn't mean I'm opposed to it. And that should be pretty clear to anybody who thinks critically but, I mean, I, I I got a part-time job outside of this radio show. And for those of you who don't know, this show airs, if you're outside the country, this show airs at 11 p.m. Pacific time. That's, that's let, me, let me tell you what time the show airs, Eastern time where I live. That means it airs at 2 o'clock in the morning. So I'm on 2 to 4 a.m. I literally, tomorrow or just in a few hours, I got to get up. I'm probably not even going to go lay down for even 30 minutes. I got to get up at like 5:30 a.m. to go into my part-time job, which I absolutely love, and do inventory for produce, for you know, vegetables and fruits. That's my other life. So I don't hate the subject of UFOs. If I did, and I had to get up at 5:30 in the morning, and my show's over at four o'clock, I wouldn't be sitting here tonight talking to you about the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee. I would be in bed, and I would have played a repeat. Just wanted to share that with anyone who thinks he doesn't believe in Roswell. Well, it's not about belief. I don't like that word, belief. I noticed a long time ago, I remember when I used to, um, I used to get these UFO magazines. And I found one, I think it was Open Minds. Anybody remember that magazine? I think it's still published. I vividly remember, photographically, I went into a CVS in Orlando, Florida. I picked up the Open Minds magazine, and I turned it to a page about UFO statistics. And there was an article in the bottom left of the page that said something about the percentage of people in the United States and in the UK who believe in UFOs. And I've always critiqued that kind of story and that kind of reporting. It's fluff, obviously, Because what does it matter if 64% of the population believes something? That doesn't make it true. But if a percentage of the population believes in UFOs, what does that really mean? They believe in unidentified flying aircraft? Well, how, how could you not? There are plenty. You see UFOs probably on a weekly or monthly basis. It doesn't mean they come from Zeta Reticuli. It doesn't mean that they're the Borg. It doesn't mean that they're from another dimension. It doesn't mean they're from the locusts. It just means they're unidentified. I mean, this is elementary, but for those who have not been interested in these types of subjects for long, it's very important. It's like the ABCs. You need to define these acronyms and words in order to understand what's happening. And if you don't think critically, 
then when people who have this information reveal it to the public for whatever the reasoning might be, whether it's a PSYOP, whether it's intended to mislead people, to distract people, or it's legitimately declassified information, you get words like and acronyms like UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, and people start thinking, well, they don't have UFO reports. They've got UAP reports. That's, that's something different. I want the UFO files. Well, no, no, no. It's the same thing. It's just a different form of classification. That's elementary, but it needs to be stated lovingly and calmly that these are the same things, and words are very powerful and very important. Words, letters, symbols, vibrations, all of this is important, and we need to understand the definitions before we can go. We, we can't read a book unless we understand how to read. If we're illiterate, we pick up the book. How are we going to read it? We need to understand the language, and we need to understand the way in which the language is used, not necessarily to lead astray, but a lot of this reporting, whether it's the Politico article tonight about the senators who want the public to see UFO reports, or it's the Politico article last year about the Navy drafting new guidelines for reporting UFOs, where the Navy uses the word incursion, they don't say invasion because that sounds like a science fiction novel. They say incursion. It's like, this stuff is like written by a lawyer, right? where it's, it's kind of like airtight, and you can't really say, the Navy admitted that there are alien spacecrafts, because they, they didn't admit that there are alien spacecrafts. They've acknowledged that there have been incursions, invasions of sensitive airspace and sensitive installations and top-secret installations, and this dates back all the way, all the way, go back to the Cold War, go back even before the Cold War, go back to World War II, it's the same kind of incursion, the same kind of intrusion, whether it's happening with, with German pilots, Italian pilots, French pilots, British pilots, U.S. pilots, Russian pilots. I mean, the documentation is absolutely lesion, and it comes from all over the world, from Foo Fighters to ghost rockets and everything in between and on the outside. However... When you look at all that history, not every single report is an alien spacecraft. Every single report is unidentified, right? Every single report is something that has not been defined or classified. And the reports that are kind of easy to write off are put into one category, and the really secretive accounts are ultra classified ultra top secret and when that occurs clearly the public and even military personnel don't get access to that only a few people have access to that but it's interesting because the things that have been declassified over the years of these objects near sensitive military operations you know the germans the russians the british the the americans canadians everybody always thought like hey especially between the Soviet Union and the U.S. These objects are coming into airspace. We think that they're probably spy planes. They're taking photographs. They're, 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 they're scouts, and it's exotic. Maybe the Germans build it, etc. But we're seeing today the same thing with these objects. Now, I'm not disputing. In fact, I am more of this mindset that the Tic Tac objects are probably something developed by Boeing, or Northrop Grumman, or, you know, Raytheon, uh, you know, some defense contractor, and they're testing them on unknowing military pilots. 
to see how the craft maneuver and to see how the, the, the pilots react. You know, these are professional pilots. These are professionals. These are people that have, um, you know, they've been, they've been through a lot to get where they are. And they're average guys. I don't think the pilots are. I think the pilots are, are telling the truth. They have no idea. But they know what they saw. And so that's why they're very sincere about it. But that doesn't mean they saw an alien spacecraft. I think it's very human. You could say, well, the humans reverse engineered, you know, alien spacecraft. But maybe, maybe, but maybe it's also the same phenomenon that we saw during the Cold War. In fact, the same thing that we're witnessing today, and that's been kind of declassified and talked about recently, that the the Senate has received uh, briefings on in the last year officially about the aviators from the Navy and personnel about incidents that occurred in the 21st century of unidentified aircraft stalking Navy aircraft carriers off the West and East coasts. And, you know, 50 years ago, we'd said, hey, that's, you know, advanced exotic aircraft, probably from some foreign government, and they are monitoring our military, they're monitoring, you know, the country. It's spy plane. We're spying on each other. But it's the same thing happening today that was happening during the Cold War. It was happening during World War II. So the craft really haven't changed. It's unlikely that these craft are human in, in that regard. So that's something I've been thinking a lot about. It's, it's like it's the same exact thing. But beyond that, the Senate, if you're just joining us, the U.S. Senate Intelligence committee has requested that U.S. intelligence agencies in the Defense Department compile a detailed public analysis of all data collected on unidentified aerial phenomenon. And they want included in that intrusions recorded by Navy pilots in recent years. Intrusions. Now, the Navy used the word incursion, but intrusion essentially means the same thing. But you notice they're using these words because it's kind of like, it's like a legal form, you know. But it's also a form of word magic, and it's a way in which to keep the, the, the status quo, the perception of, of officials in suits and people that are credible separate from the people that go out in the desert and do acid and try to storm Area 51. They try to separate the two, which if I'm a U.S. senator, I'm going to, I'm not even, I would never probably uh, run for office, but if I was a U.S. senator, I'd feel the same way that I do as a radio host. I don't want anything to do with the people dropping acid trying to run across the Area 51 border, you know. But I do have an interest in UFOs, or I wouldn't be here doing the show when I have to get up in like an hour and a half and go to work. This is fascinating, and this is important, and very few radio shows and very few outlets are reporting this information. You've got, like, CBS, Politico, Ground Zero, The Secret Teachings, and maybe, like, one other show. So this is really important. It doesn't elevate me to some godlike status. I'm just saying, like, this is not really being talked about. We talk about it, though. And it might be a big story in a couple of weeks, but I just need to share this with you because this is really breaking big, bold headline, and it's not getting much attention. Senators want the public to see government UFO reports. The committee remains concerned 
that there is no unified, comprehensive process within the federal government for collecting and analyzing intelligence on unidentified aerial phenomena, despite the potential threat. So they're acknowledging in 2020, the U.S. Intelligence Committee is saying that these objects still pose a potential threat today. So they're posing the same threat today. They were posing 50, 60, 70, 75 years ago. They're still posing the same threat. I find that to be an interesting acknowledgement. Maybe it's because of lack of knowledge by the senators. Maybe the military and the government, certain factions understand and think maybe it doesn't. They don't pose a threat, but clearly there's something, and there always has been something, threatening about these objects that can evade radar, that can deactivate weapons and and activate weapons. And they're the same things that are following and stalking U.S. military craft today as we're doing the same thing during the Second World War. This unclassified analysis, which can include a classified annex, is to be completed by the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense within 180 days of passage. And this is when the, the, the full U.S. Senate approves this request. Senators on the panel were briefed a year ago about the reports of naval aviators and other personnel dealing with a series of incidents in recent years involving unidentified aircraft stalking Navy aircraft carriers off the west and east coasts, including a trio of videos that were recently made public where CNN initially reported, hey, look, the UFOs that we said were military said were fake are actually real. And they said they were fake and then they're real. And then CNN's like, oh, they're actually real, but they we weren't supposed to release them. Something funky there. But nevertheless, this was somewhat recently. They declassify all these videos, a couple of videos, but the Tic Tacs, and that's what we've heard a lot about. The congressional briefings uh, that, that have been held were sparked by revelations in 2017 at the Pentagon have been investigating the, 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 the sightings of these craft, and they've been interviewing pilots for a number of years, not just even just recently, and had, re- and had you know, somewhat recently issued new guidelines last year about these, uh, these craft. Politico reported in April, 20, uh, April 23rd, uh, 2019, that U.S. Navy officials have drafted new guidelines for UFO reporting. They want the report to be classified as unidentified aircraft or unidentified aerial phenomenon or unexplained aerial phenomena. That's what the Navy has officially stated. You can look at that political article, U.S. Navy drafting new guidelines for reporting UFOs. What's kind of funky about this, one of the funky things, is that the Navy applied for a patent on an exotic type of what they call UFO, and it was approved last year. And if you read the the, the, the patent on it, it, it talks about this craft that's able to function in multiple environments, like it can fly through water, it can fly through the air, I guess, I'm, I guess it can go into space. I mean, this is very, very weird that the, right around the time all this is being declassified, suddenly the Navy's like, yeah, we've got a super fast futuristic aircraft resembling a UFO. This is from the Mirror.UK. I have a copy of this article here. It says the craft described in the patent features a cavity wall filled with gas 
which is then made to vibrate using powerful electromagnetic waves. This then creates a vacuum around the craft, allowing it to propel itself at high speed. The UFO-style ship can be used in water, air, or even space. So, I don't know about you, but I find it highly suspicious that suddenly the Navy is saying, we have advanced, unidentified flying aircraft at our disposal, and that we have been granted a public patent for these aircraft. That's another one of the stories that's seemingly gotten lost in the mix of Tom DeLonge and some Navy pilots who saw some very weird, wacky, crazy, otherwise would have been classified objects in the sky, the videos of which have have been released and and officially declared um, declassified by accident, basically. Now, the Senate panel, chaired by Senator Marco Rubio, and I'm sure that, you know, there are a lot of people that make this political. Well, it's a, he's a Republican from Florida. We don't want a Republican to have—we want a Democrat to tell us about you. You always hear Democrats doing that, don't you? You don't hear a lot of Republicans. It's always like Democrats. It's always some Democrat running for president. You know, Bernie Sanders—he's well, not a Democrat. He's just a, a Marxist, but you heard— Bernie Sanders talking about he's like oh yeah Joe Rogan I will be the first to tell you my wife was asking about the UFOs I'll be the first to tell you Joe about the UFOs if I become president that's after you know after we get the free health care then we have the free you free UFOs for everybody gets a UFO a UAP whatever you want you can fly in the air the water you know you can fly in space it's a free UFO everybody gets free UFOs you get the Bernie UFO it's like an Obama phone so but, but Bernie talked about it you know Hillary always joked about it. There are so many politicians that talk about this. And then it's weird because you get that political divide. And when it's a Republican requesting information, it's like, well, well we want to hear it, but we don't really trust what they say. Are you kidding me? Why is this political? This shouldn't be political. Anyway, Marco Rubio is directing the executive branch to centralize all relevant information about such intrusions collected from a wide range of sources, including the Office of Naval Intelligence, the FBI, satellites or other technical means, and human spies. That's interesting. Human spies apparently have a lot of information on these intrusions. Apparently, the human spies have seen some things. It also wants a recounting, it being the Senate panel, wants a recounting of how agencies share such information and who is responsible for the task. Now, I imagine that intelligence agencies, no matter which agency it is, that they don't know government agency really shares a lot of information because working together might make some agencies more powerful than others. And there's always, you know, some form of, you know, agency conflict, financial conflict, information is power. So they don't always share the info. So the Senate is basically saying we want the agencies to share this info. We want the info. What do you have? What do you know about this? Uh, whether the aircraft in question could indicate a major technological breakthrough by a foreign adversary. See, they're still, they're still on that. Is that uh, see? That's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me. Ma- they need like a UFO historian on this panel. You know, someone who studied. I don't mean the, the the doctor who got a got some big muscles and says all the aliens are good. I'm talking about like someone who actually knows what they're talking about historically and can say. Just re- I mean, put me on the panel. 
you know, I, we could get rid of some of this red tape. We could get rid of some of these, these asinine questions. I mean, it doesn't, okay, here's the thing. It doesn't sound asinine, but it is asinine if you think about it. Is the technology a breakthrough of foreign adversaries? We can cut that question out, Marco Rubio, because this has been going on for how many years? It's been going on since the 40s, and if we'd have had aircraft flying around in the early 20th century and before, we'd have had the same kind of incursions and intrusions. So this is not a new thing. We thought during the Cold War that this was a technological breakthrough by a foreign adversary, but what we're seeing today is virtually the same thing pilots have seen throughout the entire 20th century into the 21st century. So get rid of that. That'll save some time of investigation. The Senate panel wants recommendations regarding increased collection of data, enhanced research and development, and additional findings and other resources. Now, that would bring you the information about something actually being reverse-engineered. Perhaps, as, as we discussed last week about the Lokas, the different planes of existence in Hindu mythology, that the Kecksburg UFO crash in December of 1965, uh, Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, uh, this fireball was reported in six U.S. states from Canada to Detroit, Michigan, Windsor, Canada, all the way down to Pennsylvania, and then it supposedly crashes. And the government comes and cleans it up, and it looked like a bell. It looked like a, a, a beehive. Now, of course, the bell is the infamous ultra-top-secret German project, which is speculated upon to have been every, you know, having been uh, developed for, you know, for anti-gravity, for time travel. There's a lot of speculation. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle of various extremes, but it's likely that technology was transferred to the United States with Project Paperclip and others, and um, they were testing this object, and it crashed. I remember interviewing Joseph Farrell, and Joseph Farrell likewise, if I remember this correctly, believed that Roswell was very human. It was a military craft that had crashed, but it was German. It was a German craft, but it was you know part of the technological exchange at the end of the war, and uh, it crashed, or you know it, whatever happened. There were other crashes, of course, but the technological development of the Germans was so advanced in so many ways that obviously it's led to speculation that the Germans had received information from these aliens and they, you know, the Vril Society. They were building these craft, and, and maybe they did. You know, many people are familiar with the project called Paperclip, which brought 1,600 German scientists, engineers, technicians to the U.S. Not many people are familiar with what that program entailed ideologically. Most of you, I'd imagine everybody, knows Werner von Braun, the father of NASA and his uh, V-2 rocket. V-2 rocket team was incorporated into U.S. military application. And, of course, what is often overlooked in connection with... Uh, NASA and Von Braun is that NASA is basically a military arm. And then NASA, through the military, is connected to JPL, the Jet Propulsions Laboratory. 
Although Werner von Braun is the father of NASA, he credits John Whitehead Parsons, Jack Parsons, as being the father of modern rocketry. And it was a colleague of uh, Parson who approached the, the National Academy of Sciences for funding into jet propulsion as a means for developing more, you know, specific forms of aircraft. And their team was granted like $1,000 for the first government finance rocket research group. They created the jet-assisted takeoff engines for the U.S. Air Corps, while Parsons developed a restricted burning solid rocket fuel, which was really stable enough to be stored indefinitely, and this development was commercialized through the company Aerojet. So the, the, the industry of aerospace, you know, Boeing and Lockheed and all these companies, Bill Cooper said it in the 90s, these are the companies that are responsible for a lot of so-called UFO sightings. They have been developing extremely advanced technology for a long time, and it doesn't have necessarily anything to do with aliens. But through Jack Parsons and Von Braun and the ideology of what came along with, not just technology, what came along with Project Paperclip, perhaps led to the development of other types of technologies that the Germans had developed, that the Americans finalized with Japanese assistance to the Germans, and that of the atomic bomb, which, as we discussed last Thursday on the show, is possibly the primary reason why UFO sightings and incursions occurred after that detonation at Trinity and after the detonations at Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Not that the aliens are here to necessarily monitor us or invade us, but there's something going on in the sky, and it's probably gone on for a very, very long time. And to suggest that this is just technology of a foreign adversary today, I think is missing the point on, on, on the part of the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee. Because we've seen it for a very long time, and it's the same thing happening today that was happening during the Cold War and happening during World War II, and it would have been happening if we had planes in 1850 or 1750. We'd be seeing the same exact thing. It's not technology of a foreign adversary. Some cases might be, but the true UFO, the true UAP, in implication of alien craft, is something different. And it probably, based on the information, comes from somewhere else. And I don't mean another galaxy far, far away. I'm talking about another dimension. I'm talking about, probably comes from the, well, it came from the locus. It's probably somewhere else and it's connected to Hindu mythology and you have that connection to CERN and the HP Lovecraft and all that connects us right back to Jack Parsons and Crowley and the atomic bomb it's a fascinating history we'll get more into the Senate report when we come back from break don't go anywhere stay with us right here on the secret teachings radio on the fringe FM Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. 
If you're looking for something to do while you're quarantined or locked down at home, check out www.thesecretteachings.info for our entire show archive. There you'll find every single broadcast after it airs, and you can download and stream every single one of those shows with great guests and timeless subjects. Right now, it's only $35 for a one-year subscription to the archive and a free copy of one of my books with free shipping in the United States. It supports The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, and it supports you. You can also check out my three books independently, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Read reviews and see the books at www.thesecretteachings.info. Whether you subscribe, purchase a book, or you simply listen to the show five nights a week. It's a great way to stay informed and to be entertained. Again, that's www.thesecretteachings.info, thesecretteachings.info, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thesecretteachings, and shoot us an email at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Paranormal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. Check them out on Tee Public by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener, and we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm, call the station at 501-777-5631, or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, which you can find at caravantomidnight.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings. your host Ryan Gable and this is the secret teachings on the fringe FM you can find the show on this network Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday and Friday at the same time each night an old episode plays immediately after if you'd like to get access to the full show archive just visit the website click on the donate or subscribe button you donate $35 you get a one-year subscription And you get a free copy of one of my books. Tonight I'd recommend the Technological Elixir. The Technological Elixir is available in softcover and PDF, but it's free and free shipping when you subscribe to the archive. Again, $35 for a one-year subscription. You can download every single show, and you can stream every single show. 
It's all on the website. It supports the show. It really does help to keep us on air five nights a week. It supports the network as well, and it supports you with informative, unique information and entertainment five nights a week or on the weekends whenever you'd like to listen, whenever you have time. Tonight we've been discussing this U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee report about UFOs and about how the U.S. intelligence agencies and the Defense Department are being asked, if the Senate approves this, to compile all the information they have about UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. And if this is approved by the Senate, then this unclassified analysis, which is also including a classified annex to be completed by the Director of National Intelligence and the Secretary of Defense within 180 days of passage. Now, the U.S. Intelligence Committee of the Senate says that they find it disturbing. They don't use the word disturbing, but they find it kind of disturbing that despite the potential threat of these objects, there's no comprehensive unified federal government process to observe them. They use the words, despite the potential threat. So the committee is requesting all of this detailed information. And of course, UFO advocates, they want more government research into UFOs. They want more public transparency. And so they think that this is a great thing. But I, I, I question how many of them actually think that because this is a story that has not received much attention at all. In fact, I don't know if it's received any attention with the exception of a few radio shows and a few news outlets. Christopher Mellon, a former top Pentagon intelligence official and Senate staffer who pressed for more research on the topic, said it further legitimizes the issue. That in itself is extremely important. People can talk about it without fear of embarrassment, which is exactly what the Navy did last year when they changed their guidelines for reporting UFOs. However, something that's also easily overlooked is at the same time, in fact, five days before Politico announced that last year, the Navy and a few publications reported that there was a new super-fast futuristic aircraft resembling a UFO that had the ability to propel itself at high speeds through water, air, and space. This is the patent for this craft, and it was granted officially last year. It looks like a Delta Wing, or basically called a Dorito. looks like a Dorito craft. They have some schematics of the, of the object, if you look up the article. Christopher Mellon also said, The potential implications cannot be overstated, quote, assuming the report is properly prepared and delivered, there's no telling what the impacts could be. Yes, for many people, this is disclosure. And although I think this is a big story and probably will be picked up and discussed more and more, it's also something that concerns me in terms of kind of like Christopher Mellon, the former Pentagon intelligence official, said, as long as it's prepared properly and delivered properly. See, I have a hard time believing that official channels of information gathering and intelligence suddenly are going to turn this data over to the public, to the Senate, 
know, it's like, well, the Senate has control. If they demand this, they, re- they request this, then they get it. Well, they're going to get what's prepared for the public. And the senators are probably going to get their own briefings like they did last year. You know, but that even then, I mean, a lot of these senators weren't even in the Senate when some of these incidents happened. I mean, that would be like me running for Senate in 15 years. You know, I become a senator at 45 and they're telling me about things that happened in like 2009. Some of these things happened in like 2004, 2005, and the senators today are just being briefed on it. I mean, that kind of implies that at the time, nobody was briefed on it. So clearly it was considered classified or, you know, the information was part of a a staged event. I'm not saying that the naval pilots are making things up. I've listened to them interviewed. I believe these pilots, but my question is what they saw and whether or not what they saw was human or by implication aliens. So that's the report. Senators want the public to see government's UFO reports. You can find it on our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. I want to go back to something that I mentioned earlier and last week on the show. It was called, on Thursday, it came from the Locus. The detonation of an atomic bomb at the Trinity site in 1945 remains probably one of the most infamous events, one of the most infamous days in history with the exception of when those bombs were dropped on Japan. Upon the conclusion of the test, the father of that bomb, J. Robert Oppenheimer, who later had his security clearance stripped because he refused to build the hydrogen bomb, which was attributed to Edward Teller, said the famous line from the Bhagavad Gita, Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. In verse 32 of the Bhagavad Gita, this is exactly what Krishna, the Christ, says. When Oppenheimer was asked about that Trinity bomb, he said, this was not the first atomic bomb, but the first atomic bomb in modern times. He was asked the question, how do you feel after having exploded the first atomic bomb on Earth? Now, Oppenheimer, like many people today, believe that the atomic weapon or other similar technologies were used in the ancient past, specifically like those documented in the Mahabharata. When we've had Jordan Maxwell on the show, he always hammers on the history of Christianity in particular and about how it can be traced to ancient India and Hinduism. Krishna, Christos, The story of Jesus is encapsulated in the story of Krishna. Now, two years after the Trinity test, Oppenheimer said something else of interest. He said, quote, the physicists have known sin, and this is a knowledge which they cannot lose. Quote, unquote. It's been speculated that the detonation of this bomb opened a gateway or opened a portal to another world that allowed lords of chaos, lords of destruction to come into our world or at least to allow something from another loca, another dimension, another plane of existence, as documented in this declassified memorandum from July 8th of 1947 we talked about earlier, where they specifically mentioned the locas and students of esoterica. Point number eight in that document from 1947, that these things came from somewhere else. And even um, 
I've never watched the show, the whole thing, but if you watch the, uh, I think it's like the new season of Twin Peaks, that's how it starts out with the detonation of this bomb. Now, the reason I bring this up is because there's a really fascinating history that ties in, you know, subjects like CERN and their association with Hindu mythology, with the god of, god of uh, goddesses, gods of destruction, uh, Shiva, um, Lord Vishnu, uh, is the expansion of Shiva. There's different names given to that particular idol. But beyond that, there's the story of Jack Parsons and Aleister Crowley and many others. Whether summoning an elemental partner like Aleister Crowley had attempted to do with the Scarlet Woman or Jack Parsons had attempted to do or attempting to contact beings like Lamb that was the little gray alien of Aleister Crowley, uh, or the manifestation of what they call the Moonchild. The first atomic bomb blast, officially the first atomic bomb blast, was really a work of alchemy. It's really a work of alchemy, uh, attempting to summon the homunculus, the little person. The history of this is rooted in not just Manhattan-style projects and not just like secret programs. It's rooted in occultism and the attempt to communicate with things from other worlds, to communicate with beings from other worlds. And this is not new. This goes back to Edward Kelly and John Dee and Enochian language and their attempts to open the dimensional portals to activate the apocalypse. Since 1947, we've heard speculation and claims that material recovered from uh, the UFO crash in New Mexico, it's been the basis for the development of technologies that include things like night vision goggles, image intensifiers, fiber optics, bulletproof vests, transistors, lasers, etc., etc., etc. And that all of these, these objects came from aliens. It's more likely, in my opinion, that it actually probably came from Axis powers. It probably came from German development or a series of wartime developments when war as war always does and other forms of um, cultural and social quickenings lead to the development of, of new things which are necessary to prevent you know defeat in a war so it leads to technological developments but you know if we're to believe that aliens are responsible for such technologies One may think that more recent stories in the 21st century would not detail, as Politico reported in 2019, quote, numerous unexplained incursions, including one that lasted several days involving the USS Nimitz Carrier Strike Group in 2004. Politico goes on to say that in that case, Navy fighter jets were outmaneuvered by unidentified aircraft that flew in ways that appeared to defy the laws of known physics. Now, if we've advanced so quickly in such a relatively short period of time, and we've done that with alien technology, here's my question. Why is it in the 72 years, as of 2019-2020, the 72 years roughly since Roswell, taking into account time for, you know, your reverse engineering, why are naval fighters in the most powerful Navy in the world with some of the most advanced technology in the world, 
still being heavily, quote, unquote, outmaneuvered by unidentified flying objects or UAPs. Can somebody explain that to me? You go back to the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee where they're speculating about how a foreign adversary could be responsible for this breakthrough technology. Well, that's funny because they've been speculating on that since the Cold War and before. And it's the same technology. And if we've developed new technology as a result of alien technology, why is it the same types of craft are still heavily outmaneuvering our aircraft? Something to think about. I know that doesn't fit into the paradigm. It's like, well, we have alien technology and the aliens gave it to us, man. And they're responsible for night vision goggles and Velcro and fiber optics. Maybe. But why is it that if they've given us all this fantastic technology that 70-something years later, we still are being outmaneuvered by these craft? Did they just not tell us to include some specific object in the aircraft that would allow them to maneuver in that way? Did we just not build our planes in the shape of a tic-tac? Is that the key? See, these are the questions that need to be asked because these are the questions that are critical if you really want to understand the subject of UFOs. I know it's more comfortable, it's more convenient to sit back and listen to a radio show that are like, man, the aliens came last night and, you know, there's, a, there's an alien outside my window and he's talking to me and these aliens came and abducted me, man, and I, I caught one of them and I put him in my freezer and, you know, and then I chopped him into pieces and I sold the alien body parts for cash, man. You know, there's so many weird stories of people that just get really into this stuff. It's based on nothing but psychosis or sensationalism. And then you get other people who just outright deny, oh, there's nothing in the sky, nothing's happening. And then you get some people that are kind of in the middle, they're like, well, I'm interested in this, but it doesn't mean that I'm psychotic, I just really want to ask questions. And the Navy's made it easier for their their personnel to do that, and the Senate is now making it easier for the public to do that. But for us here on radio, it's still kind of difficult because... You have an audience of people that really want to hear like UFOs and they want to hear invasions and they want to hear Martian attacks. and they That's fine. But let me tell you something. It's not all about the sensationalism. It's about if you want to hear something that is balanced and critical, it's about asking these questions like, well, how is it these craft, if we've reverse engineered all of that technology, can still crush us in an aerial display. Imagine what they would do if there was an active engagement, and I'm sure there have been many of those. You know, see, I could talk about stories like this. If you look up UFO and you type in UFO news and you bring the UFO stories up, you'll see senators want the public to see the government's UFO reports, Politico June 23rd. But you'll also see this. Alien warrior figure spotted on Mars in NASA image by UFO hunter. And I'm looking at this and it looks like it looks like this guy. You ever seen you ever seen Arrested Development where Tobias dropped the company's cell phone into the bathtub? And you know he's he's a never nude, so he never gets nude, but he has his shorts on and he takes a picture 
of his crotch, and they send through the Information Sharing Act of the Patriot Act, they send the information because this company's under investigation for fraud and for doing business with Saddam Hussein. So they send the information to the Pentagon, and the whole world thinks that Saddam Hussein has these weapons of mass destruction, and then they finally show it to the lawyer who's played by Henry Winkler. (laughs) And he's like, those are balls. Yeah, balls always look like landscape up close. That's what these pictures of these UFO hunters look like. They look like balls. All right, let's be honest. They look like balls. What is this? You know, it's like people that take a picture of their arm and it looks like a butt crack. That's what these Mars pictures looks like. And here's the thing. People are obsessed with this. Oh, there's an alien warrior figure on Mars. There's an alien finger. There's an alien ray gun on Mars. Why are the aliens leaving ray guns and fingers and warriors all over the Martian landscape? Can somebody explain that to me? But see, that gets the YouTube hits. That gets the David Wilcock donations, making it rain with all these UFO dollars. They're very identifiable as they fall to the ground. And these conspiracy UFO analyst whores just suck the money up and they put it in their G-string and they keep dancing and shaking it. Look at this fake alien pictures and people just throwing money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More money, more money. I want private sessions with this guy. And it's all based on this garbage of like UFO hunter on YouTube. I mean, to be to be fair, though, a lot of the media just picks up on those stories because it makes people like you and people like me look stupid, doesn't it? Makes us look like morons. Then you get Stories like this, senators want public to see government's UFO reports. Oh, here's a memorandum from 1947. Oh, look, disks that come from the locas. Uh, look, there's a lot of this information. And it's not about alien figures or something. I don't know what the hell they're talking about on Mars. But you'd imagine that whatever is in government records, like let's say this is all totally benevolent and we do get some real disclosure, as they call it. You'd imagine that the technological developments since, pick a year, any year is relevant, but let's say the technological developments since the detonation of the atomic bomb, which I, I still maintain the Germans developed that weapon before the Americans based on National Archive documents and data and uh, pilot uh, interviews and testimonies. Imagine what is actually in those records. You know, it's like national treasure. What's on page, what, 53 or Area 51, Area 51? They're looking for, you know, the conspiracies in the president's secret book. I thought this was interesting. The Verge published a story just this morning. Satellites documented COVID-19's impact from space. NASA, ESA, and JAXA took snapshots of COVID-19's effects on economic activity and pollution. Maybe this is true, maybe this is not true, but in, in the sense that there's satellites taking pictures of these things. But NASA, the European Space Agency, ESA, and the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency, JAXA, are keeping track of how COVID-19 has changed the economy and environment. The three space agencies brought together satellite observations to create a new dashboard That was unveiled today, the 25th. The COVID-19 Earth Observation Dashboard lets users explore how the ongoing pandemic has affected airport and shipping traffic, 
city nightlights, and agricultural production in locations across the world. It also includes data on greenhouse gases, air quality, and water quality. One of these satellites can come down and they can see how much how much the uh, air trapped in your mask is safe to breathe if they're looking for air quality. They always have to throw that in there. Greenhouse gases, water quality, air quality. So apparently they're using these satellites to track pollution and they're using the satellites to track things on Earth pertaining to the pandemic. And while they're doing that, UFO hunters are looking for alien statues on Mars. And remember the jelly donut guy? Remember the jelly donut guy who's like looking at this picture of the, I don't know if it was, it was some government official or something. He's like, this, this UFO, this object, whatever. I don't know what it was. It was on Mars. It looks like a jelly donut. And it just became this laughing stock of UFO enthusiasts. See, I'm in, I'm in the middle somewhere. I'm with you. I want to know about the UFOs. I want to know about the aliens, man. But I don't want to cover myself in glitter and drop acid and drink a monster drink and then put on some weird rave clothes and run across the border with Heather Wade into Area 51. What I would like to do is follow closely the Naval reports, the Pentagon reports, the Senate Intelligence Committee requests to the intelligence community do my own investigation pull documents that are not discussed by the mainstream or the alternative and form my own opinion and that's what we do here on the secret teachings i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings five nights a week on the fringe fm Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned to The Fringe. And don't forget two things. You can purchase my books on the website to support the show, you and the network. You get a free book, though, with free shipping when you subscribe to our archive. rdgable at yahoo.com is the email for PayPal. Or just donate through the website, www.thesecretteachings.info. We also have a 4th of July raffle. You donate $4.00. Just $4. Shoot me an email to let me know you donated the $4. And what you get is a chance to win all three of my books in physical form with free shipping, all three digital copies, a one-year subscription, and because of the 4th of July, a pocket constitution. So I'm giving away a bunch of stuff. It's a raffle, $4. If you have questions, email me. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Stay safe, stay informed. Enjoy your night, enjoy your morning. I've got to go to work here soon. Take care.